Hey, this is Dr. Nona, the CEO of Part-Time Million Dollar Mastermind. And if you want to learn how to create a life with more money, more meaning, and more freedom, you have to listen to the Shit You Don't Learn in College podcast with my good friend, Xander Fryer. How's it going? I'm Xander Fryer, just another millennial corporate dropout turned entrepreneur. Since quitting my day job as an engineer just over four years ago, I built a multi-million dollar coaching business, mentoring seven-figure business owners, professional athletes, award-winning musicians, Hollywood actors, best-selling authors, and hundreds of aspiring entrepreneurs. I truly believe that when we couple the right knowledge with a strong desire for action, anything is possible. But most of us are never given the right knowledge, the shit you don't learn in college. The Sidlick Podcast shares interviews from the world's most successful people in business, finance, sports, health, and entertainment in order to help you live a life filled with more money, more meaning, and more freedom than you ever thought possible. Get ready to learn the shit you don't learn in college. All right. How's it going, everybody? Here's Xander Fryer back with another episode of Shit You Don't Learn in College. And today we've got Dr. Nona Javid on. Now, Dr. Nona helps thousands of women across the country lose weight and adopt healthier lifestyles and become the best versions of themselves. And she helps entrepreneurs build part-time million-dollar businesses. And she's an amazing mom. Now, after immigrating to America from Iran at age 16, Nona watched her family turn to food for comfort. She witnessed her family battle high cholesterol, prediabetes, and chronic fatigue and decided to help combat their drug dependencies and poor quality of life by addressing the one common denominator, excess fat. She taught her family and now she teaches thousands of her clients uh, how not only to lose weight, but to maintain a healthy lifestyle and to build successful businesses while they do it. Nona speaks on numerous stages around the world and is soon to release her first TED Talk as well as her book. You're not going to want to miss this episode. She's absolutely amazing. Uh, in it, we're going to dig into the importance of sink or swim moments and why most of us avoid them. We're going to talk about how anyone can build their confidence today. We're going to talk about the correlation between how healthy you are and how much money you make. Yeah, that's right. They're directly correlated. And we're also going to dig into generational programming and how it affects our fears. And don't forget, we only spread our message when you share this knowledge with others that need it. So if you enjoy this episode, please share it on social and tag at Xander Fryer. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and give us a five-star rating so you don't miss any other great episodes. Every week, my team goes through our reviews. And for every new five-star review, we plant a tree to restore the rainforest of Madagascar, and we provide a child in India one year of e-learning. So if you give us a review, you're giving back too. All right. How's it going, everybody? Xander Fryer here, and we are back with another episode of Shit You Don't Learn in College. Today, we've got Dr. Nona Javid. Did I get it right? You did. Yes, you did. All right. Dr. Nona Javid, I'm, I'm super excited to have you on this call. Uh, Dr. Nona, we, you know, we're going to want to dig into uh, a lot of stuff uh, around your background coming from Iran to, you know, moving your way through through school to college to, uh, uh, you know, growing a, a seven-figure business and now helping other entrepreneurs, um, as well as, you know, all of your passions in the health and wellness space. I think literally all of this is really applicable to 
you know, living life with more money, more meaning and more freedom and, and more health is obviously a big part of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's kind of go to the beginning. Um, and can you just kind of you walk us through what it was like moving from uh, Iran to the U.S. as a, as a young teenager and, and what that was like for you? Yeah. Uh, well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. I, I've listened to some of your episodes and loving it. And uh, I think that I'm excited to be here. So well, we're, we're excited to have you. So I'm grateful. You. Yeah, thank you. So my story goes way back uh, to when I was uh, 16. And uh, we moved here from Iran. And yeah. uh, you have to imagine I'm this 16 year old kid girl with all these hormones uh that are that any teenager would be experiencing at that time yeah, nothing nothing's happening to a six-year-old girl like totally no. kosher you're good to go yeah <laughs> and then you are being ripped away from your friends in high school you're being ripped away from your um you know from your family um i did move to the u.s uh with my immediate family but that's just yeah. it was just such a traumatic experience in itself and then add on top of it, I didn't speak a word of English. Like, oh, no, I knew, hello, how are you? Goodbye. Like, literally, that was it. That was the extent yeah. of my, my language. And now, a week later, I kid you not, like seven days later, my parents are like, oh, you're registered for high school and you are going to be a senior in high school. I, I got to skip a year because of all the units I had taken. And so here I am, 16 years old, I don't speak the language, and I'm in high school thrown into this environment where I fit, I do not fit in, in yeah. like any, in any sense of, of word, if you would, like I just do not fit in, I don't look the part, I can't speak the part, I just, it, it was not a good situation. And um, anyways, I uh, worked really hard, I, I don't think I spoke English or spoke a word, for a couple of months, um, and I really yeah. went to sink or swim, which was one of the first business lessons that I learned. Is you go into it, you sink or swim, because what I knew was that I didn't want to have an accent when I grow up. Right, sixteen years old, you see all yeah. these adults who've immigrated. I was, I was going to say you'd speak better English than I do, so <laughs> something worked. <laughs> the sink or swim method. Yeah, that one. <laughs> I love that. So. Um, so that's kind of where my journey started. And then where it gets really interesting and entrepreneurial is uh, when I was 17-ish, um, I started to work at, the, uh, at a fast food place because I thought my, not my, my parents, when we moved here, they were kind of from a middle class, middle upper class, I would say, in Iran. They brought yeah. in their entire life savings to the United States. And yeah. now here we are, we're absolutely poor. Like, it means nothing. So yeah. we're living in this tiny little apartment, wondering what we're going to eat that we can't afford to, to, to eat because my dad hadn't gotten a job. They're just getting situated. So I feel really poor and I can't have all the things that these 16 year olds are having. So I, I was like, my way out, get a job. So I, I yeah. was like any other teenager, got a job at a fast food place. Um, long story short, one day, the most... You're going to love this, Sander. The most popular girl was like the total opposite of me. She's blonde. She's beautiful. She's got this nice little figure. She's got lots of friends. She speaks the language. She's yeah. The cheerleader. She walks into the, um, into the fast food place that I was working at. I was mortified. 
Okay, it's a small town, small school. Not only that, I get to serve her her food. Not only yeah. that, she left and she left some pennies on the table as like to tip me. And that was my little 16 year old heart was just shattered to pieces. And but that also became this moment where I was like, I'm quitting this job. I'm going to start my own business. Yeah. So here that I was, am. That was at like 16, 17? I was like 16, 17. I just wow. started to learn like the language and everything else. I was really good at math. I knew that. So I started with the neighbor's kids and I started to tutor them in math with my broken <laughs> English. And uh, from there, I just picked up more clients. And, um, you know, I saw that there was there was profit to be made. And, and but I also saw that my time was limited in how much I so I had to leverage. I am then I moved on. Like, so I did some tutoring and made some money. Then I moved on and I went to Berkeley for undergrad. And there, so there's, there's, I, I do want to hit on something here because yeah. it like, you, you were just awesome even before you got to college, by the way, like the, the lessons that you kind of hit on, I don't want people to just pass up. You, you said something, the importance of sink or swim moments. Yeah. Right. And, and it sounds like you, you, like you learned that when you first came, when you brought, you know, you, you didn't know the language and it was like, okay, like I'm either going, I'm going to sink. Or I'm going to just figure this out. And and it's a decision that we make. And you learn that at 16 or 17. Where do you like, where do you think that came from for you? Was it just a, and it sounds like maybe even just been a drive not to be different, right? You know, it was, yes, part of it was it was to fit in. Yeah. The other piece of it, to be completely transparent, I had no choice. Like, yeah. what else was I going to do? the choice was either to sink or swim. But what that did for me was it allowed me to see that to see sink or swim as not a negative thing. It was like, because yeah, most people, most people avoid sink or swim. Like it's right. like, you're actually going to sink or swim, like you're going to die. Exactly. Right. So we, most of us avoid those moments yes. like the plague. Yeah. And I learned early on from that experience. That that's what I need. That's what I want to actually create for myself. Uh, now, moving forward, I did this. I put myself in the same situation later yeah. as an entrepreneur. It was like yeah. or swim. Like I moved into a new environment, zero you know, clients, didn't know anybody. And I had rent for like one month. I was getting paid minimum wage for like a couple of months. So I knew I could pay rent. You know, I didn't come from money. So it was like, okay, that's fine. I can handle this. This is another sink or swim situation. And yeah. I'm going to, I know I can. But, swim. By the way, we, we may, we may need to be best friends because I love putting myself in sink or swim moments. Like the, the whole idea of, of burn the bridges and just yeah. like, okay, like I, I know I, from my experience, most of the time I end up swimming. So yeah. let's, let's just keep doing that because it works. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. So, so you end up going to Berkeley yeah. and. I'm assuming you paid your way through Berkeley because the family's obviously not going to. Yep. I you know. paid my way. So I uh, could have probably qualified for scholarships, but didn't know how to apply. No one was there. Yeah. To me. So here I am at Berkeley. I, um, it's not a private school, but it costs a living. Right. So I, uh, started I, I went to UCLA. So I know the exact, I know exactly, you know, the, the school's public school, but living in Westwood is like, you might as well take my firstborn kid. Right. So <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So um, I carried on and I started, uh, I started to tutor at Berkeley. 
and there was such a big need for it. I started to hire because I didn't have time. I had to study. So I was like hiring all these other kids to tutor for like on my behalf. I legitimately had this underground <laughs> tutoring company without a name, without a brand or anything that paid for a lot of, I mean, I took loans, but it paid for a lot of my both, uh, undergrad as well as my doctorate degree as I went on to become a chiropractor I continued tutoring throughout the the years to sort of supplement that's amazing so you were you were an entrepreneur before college or in co before college and during college yeah I so I, yeah let's I, yeah let, let's let, let's talk. Let's talk about Berkeley for a second because I think you know the the title of this podcast is the shit you don't learn in college. Yeah. Berkeley's yeah. a great school. I love Berkeley. Yeah. I, I loved UCLA. Um, but that being said, they don't always teach us everything that we need to know. What's What's one thing like knowing what you know now, having having you know built a seven figure business? You've got a TED Talk coming out. Your book coming out. Uh, you're helping you know dozens and hundreds of other entrepreneurs be successful. Like, what's one thing that you wish that you learned while you were at Berkeley? Berkeley is going to hate me for telling you this. But <laughs> <laughs> and it is number one public school in uh, all of the U.S. or it has Phenomenal been. school. Yeah. But honestly, I mean, I'm, I majored in molecular cellular biology. <laughs> so the answer to your question is like, what did I learn in college that I can actually apply? <laughs> like, zilch. And that's, yeah. that's really the truth. Now, I will say this. What I loved college was the experience that it gave yeah. me. Um, you know, being in an environment where you're on your own and you're in different social situations um, and, uh, you know, you get to kind of discover yourself. That I learned in college. Pretty much everything else, I did the sink or swim method. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Oh, amazing. So, so obviously you've, you've gone on to, to build an incredibly successful health and wellness business. Um, I, I'd love to dig into that a little bit because I know health and wellness is a big passion of yours. Um, one of the things that I, I saw you kind of talking about is it really the connection of, um, unhealthy lifestyle to a, a lot of the other problems that we have in life, whether it's, uh, uh, low quality of life, um, you know, drug abuse, things like that. Can you talk to me a bit about that as well? Yeah, totally. So there are three areas that I typically am really passionate about. I teach my entrepreneurs, I talk to them about it, which is health, wealth, and connection. And so, um, what's interesting is that if you, if you look at any uber, I'm talking uber successful entrepreneur um, who has kind of like has that entrepreneurial mindset, you're going to see someone who takes care of their health, right? Yeah. And, and, and sometimes you don't. It's true that sometimes you don't. But what I notice with my entrepreneurs is that anytime we set the intention to actually work on yourself, whether it's fitness, whether it's your health, whether it's like, I want to lose weight, whether it's, I want to get fit, stronger, whatever. Anytime you do that, it bleeds into all these other areas. You'll have a better relationship with yourself, which is connection. You'll have a better relationship with your spouse, which is again, under connection. You'll have better health clearly. Yep. And every single time, you'll have more money. You'll make more money. Your profitability goes up. Even if it means that you invested, you took money out of your business and you paid a personal trainer and you paid for yep. the doctors and all these other things, 
you end up doubling that or 10xing that in your business, it always bleeds through. It's it's so funny you bring that up because I find myself a lot of the time noticing I call them like pillar habits. Um, you know, so for me, if I if I go to the gym when I say I'm going to go to the gym, if I eat healthy the way I'm, I say I'm going to eat, right? That it, that habit of of keeping those agreements and doing those those tough things for the longer term good bleeds over into all the different areas, like you mentioned. It bleeds over into my relationships with my wife. Yeah. It bleeds over into uh, the business. I always end up doing better in the business because I'm committed to doing the things that I need to do to get there. Right. So it's so yeah. interesting. Like that's for you, that's where most of it starts. Yeah. And you know what? What you're doing is you're building the muscle of self confidence. The way you yeah. build self confidence in all the areas of your life is you do what you say you're going to do to yourself starting, right? Like you're basically making boundaries. You have boundaries with yourself. If I say I'm going to eat healthy tonight, I'm going to eat healthy. If I say I'm going to go to the gym, I'm going to go to the gym. So establishing those boundaries with yourself. And, um, and doing what you say you're going to do, and keeping, so, keeping that agreement. When you say you're going to do it, do the damn yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. You're stacking up all of those things, which ultimately gives you confidence in all the different areas. Yeah. And I think that's a, that's a big thing. You know, everybody knows, like if I were more confident, I could blank. Exactly. If I were more confident, I would, I would be able to be in a perfect relationship. If I were more confident, I would get the raise and promotion. If I were more confident, I would go after what it is I really want. So now that I think about it, you actually just gave us the secret to being successful in life, just keeping your keeping your agreement that you tell yourself you're going to do. That's it. Well, that's pretty amazing. Um, so, so you mentioned health, wealth, and connection. Let's so that's health. Let's talk about the other two. Yeah. Wealth, like when it comes to building wealth, what are some of the what are some of the things that you know? Say we have a starting entrepreneur, someone wanting more in life. What are some tips that you would give them around wealth? Okay, that's a good one. Um, I. What tip would I give to a starting entrepreneur? Probably something I wish I had like done when I first started too, because I worked a lot harder than I should have. And I think one of the uh, one of the things that I start out with all of my entrepreneurs, and if I was talking to a new one, I'd say the same thing, is if if you have a really clear vision of where you're going. Yeah. And. And I think not getting caught up in the way you're going to get there. So knowing- Yeah, can you, can you explain that a little bit? Yeah, totally. So like, I mean, I, I meet entrepreneurs all the time where they're like, I want to, the name of my business, uh, my, my coaching is part, part-time million dollar business, right? So everybody's yeah. like, I want to work part-time and make a million dollars. But it's like, okay, but what does that mean to you? Do you have an actual very, very clear picture of what that means in terms of the house you want to live in, the car you want to have, the relationship, the connection, the wealth, and the health, right? What What yeah. is that big vision that you have, okay? Yeah. Most people don't have that. The ones that think they have it, it they have a very vague idea of what that is. Like I was yeah. talking to somebody to like, again, every day, I guess I talk to people, I want a part-time million dollar business. Okay. What does that mean to you? And yeah. so well, one- part, part, yeah, define part-time, define what you're doing outside of that. Like, is it yeah. 30, cause 35 hours a week is technically part-time, exactly. right? Exactly. Or is it a 20 hour a week thing? Is it a 10 hour a week thing? And obviously and what like, is, what are you able to do outside of that? Yeah. And what is this giving you? Like, let's say you defined it as this is 20 hours a week. I'm going to collect a million dollars. I'm going to take home a good chunk of that. Sure. You have all that seems like enough details, but that's not clear enough. 
you still don't know in this life that you are envisioning and you're moving towards, you don't know what your health is going to look like, what your wealth is going to look like, what your connection is going to look like, the kind of house, the kind of car, the kind of contribution you're going to make. All of those different avenues um, need need to have a clear vision of it. Now, where most entrepreneurs fail is here's where they are and this big vision is where they want to go after they have a clear vision, but they, um, they get caught up in the how. Like they're like, but how do I get here? But what's the path to that? But what's the, there's all these buts that get in the way of getting- Creates creates doubt and fear. Exactly. So they get caught up in that. And one thing I always tell my entrepreneurs is don't worry about the how. You really only need to know two things, right? If you ha- Once you have the clear vision, which is foundational, then you only really need two things, which is, am I able to do this? Is this is, do I have the ability to get there? And the answer, I don't care how big this vision is, the answer is always going to be a yes because someone else has done it. Yeah. So you could do it too. You have the ability. Now, will your mind get in the way? Sure. But what, But do you have the ability? Yes. So that's the first question. Then the second question is, am I willing? Am there I we go. to get yeah. there? And I think, I think that's the killer, right? I think, I think, you know, the ability to do it and most people, most people might say, well, like, no, I don't have the ability, but really, like you mentioned, that's kind of just an excuse. It's not that you don't have the ability. You might just be afraid to do what's necessary, mm-hmm. right? Or afraid to be willing to take the actions and get out of your comfort zone and, and do all the things that'll actually get you there. Exactly. So getting over that first one, am I, am I able? The answer is always a yes. Like I don't, unless you want a unicorn, then <laughs> that's probably enough. <laughs> unless you're Elon Musk trying to get to, to Mars and, and we're like, all right, you might, you're actually the first one. But so. hey, he thinks that he can do it and he, he, and he's, he's and he's willing. willing. So yeah. that's why he's doing it. And that's why you and I are not. I, th- I think that's such, that's such an interesting one though, because so much of this just comes down to your belief of whether or not something is possible. Right. And, and most of our, you know, at, at some point we all believed that the earth was flat. Right. Right. Well, did that make it any more true? No, no, it didn't. Right. So it's like, I think part of this too is like, we have to, and tell me if I'm wrong here, but we have to just start like critically questioning what it is we believe is possible for us to even get there. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, there's this, um, process there's this thought pattern that has been running in your brain. And I think what we don't realize is that it didn't actually, most people are like, oh, limiting, but this is like, these are words that get thrown around in, within the coach. Limiting beliefs and mental blocks and all those yeah, fun things. Fears and doubts. Sure, all of us have those. But the thing is, we think that we started to have those in this lifetime. I know this might be a little bit out there for your- Let's audience. go there. We're going for it. It's too late. It, the, your Pandora's box is open, so let's yeah, do it. Take it back. Yep. Um, but I, I actually think that these are generational thought patterns that yeah. have been passed on to us you know, from generations prior to us. Like my grandparents, they grow, they grew up really poor. My parents yeah. and myself, we grew up in, uh, in the war, the Iran-Iraq war. So- they, they grew up in a time where both my grandparents and my parents, where food was rationed. 
Yep. But now my dad doesn't have a money issue, but he will drive around finding the, a cheaper gas station <laughs> to try to, you know, to, to get gas. But that's a thought pattern that has been repeating itself from previous generations. So you can't just say, I'm going to break it today. Yeah. You'll have to replace it with a new thought pattern. Yeah. That's amazing. I think, I think that's really important for everybody to understand too. Cause uh, you know, I, I always talk about how, you know, the 95% of our brain is that subconscious and it's been programmed by society, people, media Our a lot of it is our family because that has such a big influence on us. And it's, you know, no fault of theirs. They love us and they want to support us and keep us safe. And they learn these things from their family and they learned it from their family. So like you mentioned, it's just coming, this programming is just coming down from generations. And frankly, it just keeps most people stuck is what it does. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think what's important in all of this is to understand that the, the only one that's going to save you from this pattern is you and that you have a choice. Like this pattern can end with you. But that's so hard. I don't, I don't like making that taking ownership over, over, you know, this is up to me. I like being able to blame other people and, and, and make it easier. I think that's actually a serious issue. I think a lot of people are very, you know, uh, they like to blame and they like to complain about a situation because it's kind of the easier way to do it. So, so how do like, how do I really step into taking responsibility for this and saying, you know what, I am going to change it. Okay. So I think I'm going to say two things on that. One is, um, I, I get that it could be seen that this is hard to take responsibility and be like, I'm going to break this. But that is the, that's one perspective. Like, when I say, listen, you can, um, you're responsible for this and you're the only person that's responsible, 50% probably more, but some portion of the population is like, that's, that's impossible. I can't, that's a lot to take on. Now the other portion of the population might look at it from a completely different perspective and say, that's so freeing. Like I, I have the power to change my future. My past does not dictate what my future looks like. That's so yeah. empowering, right? So it's the I same concept, but two people are looking at it from uh, different perspectives and therefore they get different results. And, and which, yeah, which one of those sees success and which one doesn't, I think it's, it's pretty obvious, right? The person, the person says that this is freeing and I can now own this, you know, they become the de- the next Dr. Nona J- uh, Javid, right? So yep. that's really what we're looking for. Um, uh, so I, I have a couple of things that I want to dig into. Uh, specifically, uh, I know you you have a TEDx coming out. I don't know if it's it's not already out, is it? It's coming up. Um, it's not. Okay. Okay. So, um, and I think it's around um, informed consent around around um, expectant mothers, correct? Yes, it is. Yeah. So going there? <laughs> I, I am going here okay. because I think I like, so this is actually something, the reason I'm going here is because I want to talk about it because me and my wife are talking about this yeah. sort of stuff. Um, and I think this is the type of thing, this is the type of thing that like most people won't talk about. Right. Yeah. So I'd love, I'd love for you to kind of talk on that a little bit. And what does that mean? You know, what is informed consent for expectant mothers? What does this mean? And why are you passionate about it? Okay. So are you ready for the? <laughs> yeah. So um, I told you we might go some weird places. I so. know. I know. Okay. <laughs> all right. So it's interesting because this concept is actually um, 
the reason we are talking about this is because there was a pattern in my in my generations prior to me speaking of patterns where there was a lot of fear around giving birth okay and so my grandparents had or my grandmother actually really on both sides they lost a lot of babies my mom uh, had three miscarriages she also lost a baby boy that was actually born and then was died due to medical conditions so there was a lot of fear around natural birth, about, yeah. around my ability or my sister's ability to actually be able to give birth naturally and to carry a healthy pregnancy. Yeah. So I wanted to break this pattern because I didn't want to pass this fear on to the next generation. I said, it's going to stop with me because I, I have the choice. And um, I decided to do a home birth with my first son. So it was a choice I made, personal choice. I respect everybody's decision on whatever kind of birth they're they're wanting to have. Um, And my son happened to be in a breech position, upside down position or downside up or whatever position. So um, they, um, when I went to the hospital um, because he was breech, they told me that I have to have a C-section and, yeah. uh, they, if I didn't know better, I would have been forced into an emergency C-section. However, yeah. I happened to have the right, uh, birth team that kind of guided me through that process. And I was able to have him at, at, uh, at home naturally without any medication. Now, when I wow. shared my story, I learned that there is so much trauma around informed consent and around really having full consent around what is happening at birth and what my options are or what, yeah. you know, what being, being knowledgeable of what all these options are. Yeah. So you can make a quote unquote informed consent. I learned that there is a lot of trauma that is happening uh, in these areas where women are being cut against their, you know, they don't have in- informed consent because the doctor feels that when you, when a woman is in labor, um, they cannot make a logical decision. So they just go yeah. ahead and cut. They just go ahead and make decisions for her without letting her know, letting her partner know. And so I, I really became passionate about this subject and uh, working on that topic. Yeah. I th- and, you know, the reason that I ask, right, me and my wife have had all these conversations where, you know, we're considering a home birth and and everything like that. And a lot of this comes back to like so many people just aren't aware of what is okay, what your options are and what what you can actually do, what's actually healthy and possible. And I think that, you know, it's so funny because like, frankly, shit you don't learn in college, like, all right, we can, you you can go through, you know, a decade worth of school to become a doctor, but you're never taught how to give birth and be a parent. Oh, right. And you're, and, and you're, you're, you're taking, like you are by far as a parent and a mother, like, you know, I will never be a mother, but like, my my heart goes out to every mom out there because you are one of the most influential people to our future. Yes. Right? But like this is the type of stuff that like I wish more moms were aware of because you know really it, we know that a, a mom is the cornerstone of the household and a lot of the things that aren't taught in school need to be taught at home and you know that you know having to go through a trauma during birth well that creates a very you know a, a tough emotional situation for somebody to grow up in and yeah. we can avoid that. Yeah, I mean, we just talked about the uh, the seed of doubt and fear and all these limiting beliefs. Like if if I'm conceiving a child, if a child is, you know, if I'm being a, a sort of a tool for this child to come out, 
you know, to come sort of come out yeah. into Earthside, then um, why would the first intentions and interactions and consciousness around that be the seed of doubt and fear that my body and cannot fear. handle it? Fear around that. Yeah. And, and again, not this is just my experience, but yeah, exactly. I love it. You're so, so Nona, you've been, you've been very successful in a lot of different areas. Like you mentioned health, wealth, and, uh, connection. I know we didn't get to dig into the connection side of it, but I can tell you're a very connected person just by, by us talking. Um, I'm just, I'm interested in what makes you, you and like how you've gotten to this point. Like what's, is there something that you do, maybe a habit or something you've done regularly from obviously the sink or swim, I think is a big, a big part of this. Is there something that you do that's allowed you to continue to be successful, continue to grow in all of these areas, your health, your wealth, your relationships that most people don't do? Okay. I can probably list a lot of different things, but the one thing that (laughs) (laughs) stands up. We can spend another half an hour just going through that. Yeah. Um, but I think the one thing that stands out to me that I, um, I try to relay onto my entrepreneurs, um, and that I also find fascinating when I see this in other people, like I can tell you have this Xander, which is the information that comes at you. You don't, for me personally, you can tell me if this is true for you or not, but when I take on an information, a piece of information, a new concept or anything like that. I don't look at it as whether this is true or false. Yeah. So I look at it like, is this a useful tool, concept, idea that I can take on that is going to get me closer to my vision that I have for my life, whether it's around connection, wealth, or health? Um, Or is this idea not useful? It could be factual. Like it could be that the economy is crashing but if yeah. I take that on and if I take that and I believe that, is that useful in this process of getting me closer to my goal? Yeah. If it's not factual, but not helpful. I'm not taking it. I'm not accepting yeah. it. I love that. And you basically, you have permission around like you yourself, what you're taking on and what you're saying, cool, that's fine. Go over here. Don't bother me. Exactly. I love that. I wish, I wish more people would do that. Um, What's one thing, what's one thing that you do? Like, actually, let's put it this way. What's the first thing that you do when you wake up in the morning? Okay. Right now I sleep with a two year old. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, um, I snuggle with my two year old and that's my first touch point to what's real. And we wonder, and we wonder why you're such a happy person. Yeah. Go sleep with a two-year-old, lay down and cuddle with a two-year-old and uh, get lots of hugs and kisses and that'll do it. I love it. That's amazing. Um, Nona, this has been, this has been really solid. Uh, So the last question I have to ask is what's on the horizon for you and where can people learn more about you? Um, amazing. Yeah, I have, um, I have a mastermind for business owners and entrepreneurs called the part-time million dollar mastermind. And, uh, if they're interested, I'm all over social media. They obviously I'm happy to connect with anybody who wants to be connected and, uh, I can be found on, on my website. So it's nonajavid.com. Beautiful. So uh, everybody go check out nonajavid.com. If you're interested in making more money, make sure you check out her mastermind. Be on the lookout for her TEDx and her book. Uh, I can tell you they're going to be great. But um, thank you so much, Dr. Nona. Really excited to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. 
Absolutely. All right, that's all we have for today, folks. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Shit You Don't Learn in College. And if you did, please share this episode on your social media and tag at Xander Fryer. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and give us a five-star rating so you don't miss any other great episodes. We can only spread our message when you share this knowledge with the others that need it. So we really appreciate the support. Thanks a ton. 